The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Let's get to Vikash Prashad, our guest for the half hour. Vikash is portfolio manager at MNG Investments, joining us from Singapore. Vikash, thanks for being with us. Can we start with uh, a look at the non-oil exports that we had for Singapore in the month of June? Whether you look at it month on month or year on year, these numbers are pretty robust. Hello, good evening, good morning to all your listeners. They are pretty robust. I think given our focus on the long term and also given the challenges that we see around the world today. We're not making too much of these month-to-month prints. In contrast, or um, as an extension, uh, if you look at month-on-month or year-on-year housing data in China, for example, I think if you focus too much on the monthly numbers, uh, they can lead you astray. There are broader problems that we're still contending with. And um, it's one data point, but there's a lot of data points that are not robust these days. What are the biggest points then you're worried about that we're contending with? I think. So if we look across the region and around the world, there is the issue of consumption the, at the consumer level, the price, sorry, the pressure on volumes. Um, there's some excitement across sectors focused on the, on the consumer, FMS, FC, FMCG, um, entertainment, some derivatives of housing where people are focused on price increases that companies are talking about. I think given the inflationary pressures that we are seeing uh, and the the willingness of consumers to pull back. I'm not yet sure that these price hikes will stick, whether we're talking about um, consumer goods in Japan or in housing derivative companies in, in the U.S. I, I think it's still too early to say that. So, so that, that is that is one concern. The reading that we had in the Friday session here in the U.S. from the University of Michigan and on inflation expectations showed moderation in the month of July. And we've had a few guests on the program talking or suspecting that we may be near peak inflation. And if that is true, maybe we're also at peak dollar. Would you go that far? Uh, not yet. Uh, I think first on the point of inflation, there's a definitional issue. If you look at the basket of goods that that governments and agencies track, yes, we could, given the expected moderation in energy prices, uh, in fuel prices, on that print, in on that metric, yes, we could see some moderation. But if you think longer term, the the cost of what really really matters to people in the long term, to consumers, housing, healthcare, education, long term energy costs, these are the the trends in. Uh, price rises for these are not yet abating. I, I think that is a long, a longer term problem and a bigger problem. Uh, we're talking about whether or not the Fed is going to be incredibly aggressive at its next uh, rate meeting as well. And when, if they are, that then starts to taper out as well. When do you then start to see the Fed potentially look to either holding or cutting rates? What's your view as we look at these recessionary fears? Well, essentially, there's two parts to that question. Number one is on the interest rate and the tools at the um, the disposal of bankers, um, and then the, the again the definition of, of recession. Uh, I think on various definitions, 
the base case is that we are heading to a recession in the US. The question is of duration and of magnitude. On the interest rates, th that is a key tool in halting the, the progress of, of inflation. And we do expect that that, that will continue. Now, the, the definition again of, of aggressive, I think will vary depending on who you're speaking with. So we're talking about uh, some of the concerns still here with the China picture when you've got these rising COVID cases, lockdowns and the deepening property sector woes. I was mentioning that the central bank governor has said that there will be more support from the PBOC. But do you agree with the likes of Goldman Sachs that maybe the economy momentum is not going to be sustainable if we continue to see this COVID zero path? Well, Juliet, I, I think relative to the other expectations uh, being set earlier in the year of the five and a half percent roughly growth rate. I, I, it's hard to see how that will be met. I've seen some of the recent numbers. The cuts have started to come through. I think they will continue. The question is how much of this is already reflected in, in asset prices and equity prices, which is where we focus. I think to a great extent it is. But so anybody who's been paying attention to Bloomberg and what you all have been saying, it should be fully caught up on a situation. From, from our side, what I can say is that our focus on this sector, um, broadly defined, financials and property companies in, in China is measured not in um, months or quarters or years, it's, it's in decades. So we follow the space closely, despite the recent turbulence, which typically we like to take advantage of, um, despite the recent sell-offs, again, which we typically like to take advantage of, we have allocated little to, to no capital um, in this period. We're, we're still wait, waiting and seeing. We don't see our opportunities here yet. We see them elsewhere. So describe more clearly for me what you do see that prevents you from kind of staking out a position. Part of it is is relative opportunities. So we we don't invest just in one market. We invest across the region and around the world. And when you look at um, housing in particular, it's a it's a source of agita for for uh, many participants and and market uh, participants as well around the world. Now, if you look at the the trends that we are seeing, the underlying trends that we are seeing, and the ripple effects through financials and housing derivatives in China, and you contrast that with a market like India, where penetration is low, the banks are healthy, better capitalized than they have been in many years. Credit growth is is pretty healthy. Uh, as an offshoot of that, or related to that, the housing sector and housing derivatives, we see opportunities there. Uh, we see opportunities, long-term investment opportunities with high prospective returns in other parts of Asia as well. And, it, and within China, yes, the property sector is very important, but we have a significant allocation of time and capital and resources and people to China, and we are actively pursuing investment opportunities there across other sectors. You mentioned you're looking as well across other parts of Asia. Tell us what you like in India. Yes. So we've spoken a few times over the past couple of years. And one area that we haven't yet covered uh, is, is the, the Indian bank sector. And we just touched upon that very briefly. But I think if you look at the underperformance and you couple that with the strong fundamentals that we see, and also you overlay on top of that the commentary from, from the executives, it seems like on a multi-year investment horizon, this is a pretty good area to be allocating capital. It's a big sector. It's a big weighting within the benchmarks. But I think there's still scope for being overweight that. And it's, it's worth international investors paying attention to it as well, because a few of these banks do have ADRs. You can access them. You don't have to be investing only in Indian companies. Um, as offshoots of that, there's the housing finance companies. Um, as offshoots of that, there are companies that provide uh, fixings and furniture and, and piping small caps, mid caps, large caps alike, that we think uh, are pretty compelling investment opportunities. You will see high to perhaps even expanding returns on capital for the next X number of years. And that's pretty exciting to us. 
To what extent is your thesis, whether it's for China or India, kind of predicated on the idea that we're going to get a little bit more from the government in terms of stimulus? Not very much. I think it's it's very country specific, and different companies are employing or deploying different tools. If we start in the west and then move east, so if we start with India, I, I think this is largely a question of gross underpenetration of the housing market. And perhaps next time we can talk a little bit about the auto sector mm -hmm. in India and why we like autos and auto derivatives as well. But mm -hmm. gross underpenetration, uh, housing is still affordable. If you, if I can just make a comment, if you look very at quickly, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So the, the price of stability or, or staying within the middle class and progressing is still pretty fair, and, and it uh, right. is allowing for. Uh, more spending there, and so we're excited. Unfortunately, we're out of time. We might pick it up on TV. You're joining me later. Vikas Bashad is from M&G Investments, and this is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum, powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights, and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.